I was really expecting two songs there. <laughs> no, you're good. I'm ready now. <laughs> um, uh, husband and wife were living in their house together. Uh, one day they had a power outage. Uh, lightning struck a whatever made their power go out, and they had a power outage. And uh, it was going to last for a while. It wasn't going to be a 15-minute a power outage, so uh, it was winter. It was only like 7 o'clock. It was dark outside, and they decided, well, we need to light some candles. It was a great idea, so the husband goes into the closet, and he looks around in the closet, and he, he finds their candles. Uh, now, these candles, they're magical candles, and they can talk. <laughs> um he looks at these candles and he's like, he, he's, he reaches out to grab them. He reaches out to grab them and to use them. And the candle responds, wait a second. I'm not ready to, to, to go be, light up your room. I'm not ready to be lit. I, I need some more practice. I need more preparation. I need someone to teach me how to be a candle before I can go and shine. So... Husband says, all right, then let's just move on to the next candle. Uh, and he comes to the next one. And the second one said, oh, I'm too busy today. I'm too busy for you. I'm too busy to go and light up your room for you. See, I'm reading a book that teaches me how to put off a beautiful flame. I'm reading a book that teaches me how to, how to be a beautiful light. And then he says, well, are you going to be done soon? Can you come and light up our room when you're done with this book? And he says, no, after that I have to listen to a podcast that teaches me about wax buildup. Right? <laughs> He's like, I, I got a bunch of stuff learning I need to do. I, no, I'm too busy. So he moves on. He goes to the third candle and he says, third candle says, I'm not qualified. There's my, my wax is not my... my I don't know what that's actually called. The wick. <laughs> My wick is not big enough to light up your room. I'm not, I'm not going to be bright enough to give the light that they need. I'm not prepared. I'm not a good enough candle to do what you need. I have too many problems of my own to help you. He moves on to the fourth and final candle, and the candle said, Well, you see, I would do that, but lighting up rooms isn't my gift. <laughs> I have other things that I need to do. My gift is to encourage all the other candles. My gift is to, to, to help them whenever they go out into the world to shine their light. And, and he then uh, begins this she, she's a she candle. She then, <laughs> uh, that was not important to the story, but then... <laughs> She then begins uh, to lead them in this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. And she starts to sing, and then candle one, and candle three, and candle two, and now they're all singing, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine, when all of them said, uh, we're not going to shine for you tonight. I think this is a... 
Never mind. Let me go back for a second. Uh, the husband walks out of this closet after having this bizarre interaction with these candles who don't want to do their job. And he goes, to, uh, he goes to his wife and he says, dude, where did you get those candles? <laughs> and, he sa- and she says, oh, they're church candles. I got them from a church that had a closing down sale. They shut the doors, and these candles were something they were selling to try to make some money, maybe to get a smaller building. And I think it's really interesting because I'm not saying that we don't shine. I'm just, I need to read my notes. What if, like these candles, we picked, we picked and choose when we ought to shine our light? What if, like these candles, we made every excuse in the world not to do our job? And really, it's not a what if. How do we get out of that? How do we get out of, of, of coming up with excuses? How do we get out of this, this idea of coming up with excuses or, or, or reasons that I can't let my light shine today? You know, I've had a really bad day. It's just, it's not the right time. Okay, I'll shine my candle for everyone, but that lady? No way. I will, the fact of the matter is, we, as you turn to Matthew chapter 5, super short text, you all know it. Uh, Matthew chapter 5 and verse 13 through 15. It says, You are the salt of the earth, but if salt has lost its taste, how shall its saltiness be restored? It is no longer good for anything except to be thrown out and trampled under people's feet. You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all who are in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Now, leaving that for a second, we're going to come back to it. What if, what if we, we picked and choose, like I was just saying, when to shine our lights? What if other people picked and choose when they ought to shine their lights? What if the person who's in charge of the lighthouse decided, oh, it's time to turn it off because it's attracting too many bugs? What if the person who was in charge of the airplane runway decided, in order to save electricity, we're going to turn off these lights. What would happen? People, sailors would die. People on airplanes would probably die. What if you decided, "Eh, I can see good enough in the dark tonight, I don't need my headlights. You would probably die. I mean, maybe not if you're just going in town, but if you decided to go on the interstate going... 75 miles an hour with no headlights. It's not going to be a good situation. This is... I think so often we say, you know what, I'll I'll reach into my pocket and I'll bring out my packet of salt whenever it's time for me to shine or or be salt. Whenever it's time for me to shine, then then I'll, I'll flip my switch and I'll share Jesus with someone. You see, but then... A lot. We we never go to the switch. We we have reasons for why this isn't the right moment. We have excuses for why this isn't the right time. 
a light is meant to shine, and we can't choose when to turn it off or on. And the reason we can't choose when we turn off or on is because we are not a light. We're not uh, sometimes a light. He says very clearly in verse 14 that you are the light. You know, there's, there's people that we'll come into contact with, there's people that we will interact with that will never see the light of Christ except through you. And maybe our own agenda does not hold as, as valuable compared to that. Maybe my own wants, maybe, maybe, maybe I am prepared Maybe I am qualified, but most likely you're not. (laughs) Most likely you don't know uh, the entire history of the Old Testament. You don't know how to walk someone through the entire scheme of redemption. You don't know uh, every every detail of Christ's crucifixion. So, so, I mean, really, you're not ready. So, whenever you are, that's when you should shine. From the moment you enter into Christ, uh, this transformation begins and you are changed to be light. It's not, it's not somewhere down the road whenever you get to be a better Christian that you become a light. Uh, it begins now, it begins today, it begins whenever you enter into Christ. Moving on a little bit. Um, we are light all the time. Has anybody uh, seen the Dead Poets Society movie? Uh, love it. One of my favorite movies. In this movie, he, he tries to... It's Robin Williams. It's really a movie that he's not funny in. It's more of a serious Robin... He, he still jokes, but it's more of a serious movie. And his, his entire point... It's really bothering me. His entire point of the movie is to get this group of kids that he's teaching to see the world differently, to be different in the world. I mean, they live uh, in, this, in this fancy school. They all have to wear the same exact thing to school every single day. And he's trying to get them to be different. And at one point, uh, he says, he steps up on the desk and he says, we have to see the world differently and we have to be different. And that's fine. The kids come and take one turn at a time. They all come stand on the desk, and, and, and they do that. But there, at the very end of the movie, uh, Robin Williams' character is about to get, he's getting fired. He's getting let go, and uh, all the kids remember that lesson, and they all stand up on their desk in the face of this mean, uh, institutionalized teacher, and they just look at Robin Williams and say, Oh, Captain, my Captain, as they stand up on their desk. See, this wasn't an easy choice for them to make. It's not something that that they just are like, well, ah, sure, let's just go ahead and do this. It won't cost us anything. They're they're looking in the face of uh, being expelled. They're looking at the face of of getting punished for their actions. But they choose to be different than the world. They choose to stand up on the desk and say, I'm not going to be like the rest of you. 
I'm not going to pursue darkness. I'm going to pursue God. And moving on from that, very serious question that I would actually like you to think about outside of here tonight, this one moment. If 14th and Main Church of Christ was wiped from the face of the earth tomorrow, who would that affect? Who would that change? Who would that challenge? I mean, obviously it would affect all of us. But who would it affect outside of our, our, our body? Would it, change, would it change the town? Or would the town just go on like it always has been? I don't really know the answer to that question. I haven't been here that long. But we, as Christians, want our light to shine so that our life will count for the, for the glory of God on the landscape of human history. And you think, well, the landscape of human history, that's a lot. You're, you're going you're gonna to change human history because of how you let, your, you let your light shine? And the answer is yes. Letting your... We as a church want that, but more importantly, I want that. I want my life to count for the glory of God. And, and, and really, I want it for, for the entire, for everyone. I want it to count for everyone. But sometimes, I just want it to count for one person. I just want it to count for one, and then I want it to count for another. And then I want it to count for another, and then maybe, maybe it will end up being a bunch. But I have to start with changing the life of one person. That's where everything begins, right? At one. You can't count to ten starting at five. Unless you're counting by fives. I want you to turn over to Philippians uh, chapter 3. And uh, Paul writes this book, and he, he I'm, I'm actually going to skip verses 1 through, one through uh, 7, because that's a whole another sermon on its own. But verse 8 says, Indeed, I count everything as lost because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have suffered the loss of all things, and count them as rubbish in order that I may gain Christ, and be found in him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which comes through faith in Christ, the righteousness from God that depends on faith. Verse 10, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection, that I may share in his suffering, becoming like him in his death, that by any means possible, I may attain the resurrection from the dead. See, not that I've already obtained this, but I press on to make it my own because Christ Jesus made me his own. Brothers, I do not consider that I have made it my own, but one thing I do, one thing, forgetting what lies behind and straining forward to what lies ahead, I press on towards the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. Let those of you who are mature think in this way. And if, anything, if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal that also to you. 
only let us hold true to what we have attained. Uh, one of my favorite preachers uh, is a guy named David Platt, and he's a, he's a Baptist. Just <laughs> but I really enjoy him. Uh-huh. I think this, he, he writes a book called Radical. And living a life that looks like Philippians chapter 3, 8 through really 11, is radical Christian living. That's, that's, that's totally different than how the world uh, accepts Christ. To say, you know what, everything else in this world is a loss to me compared to the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus. If I want my life to count, this is it. There's, there's nothing else that compares. There's nothing else that makes my life worth living. There's nothing else except for knowing Christ and the power of His resurrection that I may share in His sufferings that by any means possible I may attain the resurrection from the dead. And the, and the pressing on to when we attain this. Now what does that have to do with light? See, when you live a life like this, when we live a life that, that, that values a relationship or the pursuit of God over everything else, that we, that we find value in who God is and what He's promised to us above everything else, when you live a life that's in pursuit of the one thing, straining forward to what lies ahead, when you live that life, your light will shine. It doesn't have an option to. It's who you are. It's not something you turn on or off. It becomes your identity because you've chosen to say, I want my life to count, and I know that it will count through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. If I live through that, if I live through this means, then my light will shine. My light will shine because God is changing me every day. My light will shine because... I have nothing else. It's not something we choose to turn on or off. Our pursuit of God is our identity, and therefore, we are light. You don't sit in a closet saying, I'm not ready yet. You don't sit in a closet saying, one day, one day whenever I learn more, then I'll do it. You don't sit in the closet saying, well, that's not my gift. It doesn't have to be your gift. Evangelism doesn't have to be your gift. But in pursuing God and realizing that He is the only thing that matters, people see that, people notice that, and people are attracted to that. See, I want my life to count. I really do. And I like the idea of it counting on the landscape of human history. <laughs> That's a lot of people. <laughs> I, don't, I doubt anyone will write books about me one day. I doubt the world will go on differently because I lived. But today, you know what, I'll, I'll just go here. It's my earnest prayer daily that the lives of, of specifically right now, 
Autumn and Jack and Carly are affected from now on. Because, because of my pursuit of God. Not because of what I taught them, not because of the great teacher that I am, but because of my pursuit of God. That they'll see that and they'll want that. That's what I hope for all of you too. And it just starts with one, maybe three. There's more than three in my class. I guess there's like ten on average, so <laughs> starts with ten, I guess. We're counting by tens now. Um, anyway, I really hope uh, that we will be a people who, whose, life, whose lives count uh, for the glorification of God in Big Spring, Texas. To let your light shine uh, through your pursuits of God. So, um, oh, I don't, that is all. We don't have an invitation today, I don't guess, so. <laughs>